Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. Yo, 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 what is up? Avery here. Yes, it is true. It is so true. Gene Principe from Sportsnet was in the studio to record Avery's sports show. But unfortunately, a few minutes in, I realized, oh no, we're not recording. So the first few minutes are lost, but the other 20 minutes are great stuff. We jump right into a discussion about media and sports life in Edmonton. So anyway, please enjoy. Have fun. Avery, Gene Principe, on the show. Geez, I'm sorry to hear that phone calls uh, to people that I work with, used to work with, know, uh, but it is the ever-changing world of media and the ever-changing, you know, economy that uh, we just sort of go through. There's ups and downs, and right now we're sort of at a little bit more of a down and maybe headed, you know, back up at some point. It's always cyclical, so uh, I feel like it's a feather in my cap, but I would hate to take all the credit for it. It's situational it's just you know um, flying under the radar whatever it is uh, I'd like to keep going if I could another 15 years I feel like I'm two-thirds through my career if I could get another 15 in then uh, I would feel like you know this is great I've, I've had a real enjoyable time people will be rolling here they'll be Eskimos but what does it mean to be a guy in where people will stop and want to get a picture with you or say hey this is Gene on TV what does it mean to be you know iconic in the Edmonton sports scene? Um, you know what, I think it means a lot because I am from here and I grew up and, and was raised here and always wanted to work here. Uh, but as I just mentioned, the path was sometimes you don't go A to B directly. You got to go through some hills and some bumps and some mountains. It's great. Like I'm always, I, I still am surprised when someone says, you know, can I have a picture? And of course, nowadays with the advent of technology, everybody's got a basically a camera with them on, yeah. the, on their phone. And so it's it's quick and it's easy. And uh, I, I feel privileged that someone wants to take a picture with me. I, I really do. And I feel like um, I don't, I, I'm not um, an athlete. People like Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly, or Michael Jordan, and the, whoever it is, right. um, you know, people literally pay their salaries. I wouldn't say that people pay my salary, but I feel like I have my job because of people. Um, and I, I just feel like I, I kind of, if, if the only thing I'm going to do today is have a picture and maybe not necessarily make someone's day, but make it a little bit better. Like, why would I, you know, why would I say no? no. Why wouldn't I do it? There's a lot of people here, you know, myself included, and a lot of my friends, you know, they grew up watching you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're one of the first guys that we watch on TV doing Oilers coverage. Yeah. That's why people, you know, have a, have a connection to you. They feel they do. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. I, and that's the other thing about some longevity is, yeah. you know, having been here for close to 18 years, if you were six or seven or eight, and now you're... 24, 25, 26, you, you truly grew up watching me, 
and that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of a backhanded compliment because it, it you know it, you know that you're getting older. Yeah. But it's also a compliment because. Well, it's, they grew up watching you, so you've got some longevity in your career, mm -hmm. and they've obviously enjoyed you at least uh, enough to, to actually watch you on TV as opposed to turn you up. Exactly, exactly. Now, we're doing into Oilers with you. I know you've been covering the Oilers for a very long time. You've seen the ups and downs. You were you covered them during the cup run. Mm -hmm. You've seen the never-ending rebuild. Does this, this thing feel kind of different now with Carmen David, Izzy Pugliarvi, and Rodgers play? Does this feel kind of different now? I know I've broken record, but does it feel kind of like it's changing somewhat now under Pius Shirley and Tom McClellan, this rebuild, yes. finally? Yeah, I would, I would say it definitely feels different. And, you know, someone would look at the standings last year and maybe suggest, well, you know, how different is it? But um, absolutely, uh, you mentioned McDavid, you mentioned Pugliarvi, you mentioned Rodgers' place. There's a lot that's different about this club and the organization and the franchise. And I, you know, I really do believe, and not to sound like a, you know, a broken record, but <laughs> that their year is coming soon to get into the playoffs. Is it this year? We may know more in the next few days or so, uh, depending on what uh, Mr. Shirelli is able to do. But what I like about him, you know, in, in sports, whatever sports you maybe play, uh, growing up, I played soccer and hockey and all that. You know, I always, um, I would rather play against a talented guy who maybe didn't work as hard than a guy who still had talent but was busy and always moving and, you know, like I, I refer to soccer specifically. Right. And I look at Peter Shirelli and he looks like, to me, a guy who has talent because he's built uh, a Stanley Cup winner already, but he's busy. Like he's on the move. He's trying to get stuff done. He's, you know, like a last year's draft, uh, he was effective. And you got Cam Talbot and this year's draft, you know, no, no trade, but... I just feel like he's getting, he's, he's working on it. He's working on it. He's trying to get it done. So I like that uh, characteristic in a general manager because, as we know, you know how many, I don't know what the percentage is of stuff that actually gets done of what he tries to get done. I don't know if it's 20% or 10 or 30 But when you're trying to get a lot of stuff done, you're going to get something done. And I, I really feel like that's a strong characteristic of uh, Peter's. And you mentioned one of the big things that it was that draft history has never been the greatest beyond round one. There's been a lot of guys who you can say have been bust over the team franchise history. Mm -hmm. This draft felt different. You know, of course you get Pugliarvi, yep. but you know, you bring in Dylan Wells, you yep. draft Graham McPhee, you draft Tyler Benson, you yep. slid down the rankings. Yep. It's like they did more beyond round one this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's something that, you know, you have to have some, some depth, uh, whether that's to help your own club, whether that's to have enough goalies or forwards or defensemen to say, geez, we, we've got nine defensemen who can play on our team. Well, we can't use nine, um, so let's trade two or let's move a third-line winger because we were able to pick somebody up who developed. You know, I, I agree. You know, you, you win the Stanley Cup with, theoretically, there's you know 20 players on the bench in that game, five, six, seven, whatever you clinch it. But it, it takes much more than that to get there. So if you can have, you know, uh, it's like, having your fridge and having three or four good items in there. And, okay, well, that's good. But boy, if you got seven or eight or nine good things in your fridge, you've you're got a big smile on your face. You've got lots of options. Of course. So, And I think that's what the owners are trying to do. They're trying to have lots of options. And I do want to ask you in your mind, Gene, what is Peter Shear really like for a quote? Yeah, he's, uh, you know what, he's quite, uh, he's, he's forthcoming in his interviews. I think that he's still, you know, I think he's very honest with media and whether that's in front of you, me and 15 other guys or whether you're speaking to him by yourself, whether you're texting him, whether you're emailing him, 
Um, I, I think he's pretty straightforward, and, and he's, he's the type that, you know, if he can't tell you, he, he'll tell you, I can't tell you. And so I, I think, from our standpoint, really, what more can you ask for? Someone who's, who's honest with you. You know, he can't tell us everything that he no. does, but he tells us enough that you feel like you're um, in the know might be strong, but you feel like you know what's going on or what might go on. And then whatever else he can't tell us, you understand there's a professional courtesy there. Absolutely. That he can't speak to us about who made the best offer for the fourth overall pick this past uh, draft, uh, which he didn't trade. So uh, I, I like him. Uh, and he's Italian too, so what can I say? <laughs> a little biased. He, he, he had me at Italian. <laughs> so I like that. Gene, how important was it to build up trust with Pierre Chiarelli? Because even though you're a rights holder, certain GMs, will give the media nothing. So I'm sure it took a little bit of time for them to, you know, open up to you and give you some news. One, I'm not a real news breaker. Right. Um, but I don't think that means that um, you don't stop trying. No. Um, I've played soccer for 40 years. I still can't kick with my left foot very well. <laughs> but I still try. I still try. You know, and I think that, you know, especially in this day and age, you can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a... And I'm not B or C, and I won't try and be B or C. Yeah. If you're good at A, that's great, but you got to at least try and be B and C as well. Uh, particularly, I think, uh, around the draft and around July 1st. We all know that's a, a heavy movement time. So for you uh, not to attempt to be involved in that, um, I, I think would be sort of, you know, it just wouldn't make any sense to your company. It wouldn't make any sense for your own career. Peter is someone, I think, as well, that, you know, like anything, he's used to all the Eastern media that he's dealt with for his yeah. entire career, Ottawa, then Boston. So now he's getting accustomed to the people that he sees around here. You, me, I work with Mark Spector at Sportsnet, uh, you know, our, our friends at, at TSN, uh, the local radio stations. I mean, yeah. he's just getting a feel for everybody. We're all our own different personalities. So he has to figure out, okay, who do I like? Who do I maybe don't like? Who do I trust? Who maybe I'm, well, I'll tell him that, but I might not tell him that. Um, so it's a feeling out process. It's, you know, so far I, I'm more than happy with what I've been able to get, what I've been able to hear and see out of Peter Shirelli. Well, very cool. You, know, you mentioned your career. You know, you've been in this game for a long time with the Oilers, like I mentioned, for so many years. And one thing people don't realize that, you know, as a reporter, as a guy like, in your position, you travel the team throughout all over North America. Is the burnout higher for a reporter than compared to a player? Because, you know, a player, they have their games, you know, but you as a reporter, it's not only the Oilers, it's the NHL awards, yeah. it's maybe the draft, yeah. it's free agency, you're yeah. all over the world some days. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, people have often asked me over the years, you know, best and worst part of your job, and I'd say, well, best is travel. I mean, uh, you know, I just came from Vegas in the awards, uh, I've been all over North America, I've been to Europe, uh, you know, I've been to Russia, I've been to the Czech I mean, I've been all over the world is stretching it, but certainly all over the hockey world. God, one time I went to Dubai uh, during the lockout of the old 405 season. Wow. Yeah, it was one of those trips. Someone called me and said, do you want to go to Dubai? I'm like, like <laughs> Dubai, Dubai? Is there another Dubai I'm not aware of? Um, Dubai, Milwaukee, or Dubai, yeah, yeah, Wisconsin. Right. Somewhere that we're not sure of. <laughs> so, uh, but having said that, well, you know, with uh, wife and three kids, um, you know, it's been, you miss a lot of, uh, Barry Trotz had something interesting at the awards when I spoke to him after he won coach of the year. He said, you know, and he has four kids, I have three, and he, he spoke of how often you miss things, you know, mm -hmm. you just, you miss things. So they would change birthdays. If your birthday was 
January 20th and dad was away, well, we make it January 23rd because dad's home and that's when we're going to have the party. So you, you, you just sort of work around it. And in my case, my kids have not known any better. They're 13, 15, 17. That's just what dad has always done. But certainly in the summer, it's, you know, downtime and, and you sort of make up for it. But, you know, uh, Avery, I was once you and younger and I grew up in the city and envisioned myself being a, a professional soccer player and realized by about 16 that that wasn't going to happen. And I thought, <laughs> what would be best? You know, what would be next that I would like to do? Well, I'd like to work in sports. And so um, I always, you know, it, it, people have dreams. And you really do have to kind of chase your dream because you never know where it's going to take you. No, no, no. Know. And your career took you to the new broadcast deal, Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. I know a few years ago, you made your HNIC debut. What was that like, you know, to make your debut in Hockey Night in Canada, which is a brand that in sports media, it's iconic throughout yes. all the sports world. It was something very special. I, I won't, unfortunately, I won't forget the game. The Oilers <laughs> lost 7-1. <seven>, <laughs> um, but it's been 27 years that I've been working in television and... Uh, I mean, who of us involved in hockey doesn't want to work in Hockey Night in Canada? Yeah. We all want to, but it is, up until a couple of years ago, it was something that was unattainable. But thankfully, through Rogers and uh, the fact that we have the NHL TV rights for 12 years and 10 more after this, it became possible. And the first time I, I saw my name up there on a Saturday night was November 22nd. And uh, they played Chicago. And, you know, the game was a bit of a disappointment because, unfortunately, the way things went with Edmonton, I spent right. my whole life talking to Chicago players. But, you know, <laughs> for me, I still have pictures of it. And uh, uh, one day I will maybe get, you know, I interviewed Corey Crawford and, and Brent Seabrook. And one day I'll maybe, you know, get those printed up and possibly get those guys to sign those for me just because it was truly a memorable night for me. Uh, and I really feel honored and, and blessed, not to sound like an athlete, to, to just get the opportunity. Um, a lot of things had to happen, and many of them had to do with things that were outside my realm of, um, you know, uh, circumstances. But I was happy to do it, and uh, just a real pleasure. And any time I get a Hockey Night in Canada game, uh, I think it's great. I will say this, I, I, don't, I don't try anymore or... <laughs> try any less because it's Hockey Night in Canada. I mean, whether it's Sportsnet Oilers, Sportsnet West, you know, Sportsnet National, uh, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey, whatever it is, whether it's a million or a hundred thousand or somewhere in between or less, you always try and, you know, do your best. Oh, absolutely, Gene. You know, I remember watching that game. Was it hard for you to not make any puns on air? Yes. Because you held back. You, you were yeah. calm. You didn't make any jokes or puns on Hockey yeah. Night in Canada well, first night. I, <laughs> I, I think that uh, it's very well spotted by you, Avery. I think that... Uh, as I've uh, grown up uh, and, and done puns, uh, I, it's, it's a lot of fun to do them, but there's always a time and place. And, uh, you know, I think it, whether I'm right or wrong on this, I feel like on the regional shows, it's a little more just sort of family and friends watching. And I Fair feel enough. like it's kind of, you know, it's, there's things you do with family and friends you wouldn't do at a party with a bunch of people you don't know. Yes. And so I kind of feel like the Sports Event Oilers, Sports at West is, you know, family and friends, and it's a little more uh, casual. But I think Hockey Night in Canada, it would be um, a wrong move to do things like that on a game that is watched across the country. And it is a special, you know, even though now all the games are on TV, Hockey Night in Canada is still something special. And so for me to, in any possible way, tarnish its image, even in just a, just a little bit, by trying to do some things that... 
Um, I just don't feel are necessarily appropriate for Hockey Night in Canada. I, I get I get a 60 or 65 games a year to, to do Sportsnet games that I'm allowed to, to do that. Right. So I don't need to in the five, six, seven, eight games that I get for Hockey Night in Canada. I, I'm just happy to be there. Well, you got to ask you, Gene, you know, all, all the years you've done, what's the player you've interviewed go, wow, I just talked to insert player, or wow, be it good or bad, just, yep. you know, that kind uh, of thing. I think, uh, I think uh, it's funny that I went up high on my children's cool meter when I told them that I, I met and interviewed Michael Jordan. They went, wow. wow, Dad, like, you, you're almost cool. Uh, <laughs> almost cool. Almost, not quite there. Uh, but I would say Michael Jordan, uh, first year of the Raptors, I was working in Toronto. Uh, they played at the, they, they were at the Sky Dome, mm -hmm. and, they, and the bus would pull in underneath. And I remember they got off the bus, the Bulls, and he started walking towards me, he and others. But he sort of, of course, you pick him out of the, the group, even though they had some great players at that time, other than Michael Jordan. I yes. was able to do a, what we call in the TV business, kind of a walk and talk, where he kind of walked up to me, and I just introduced myself, and you know, he, we kind of kept walking. I asked him a couple questions, and I think Tiger Woods was big. You know, getting he did a kind of an exhibition uh, event for one of his sponsors in Toronto. Oh boy, I, I'm gonna say it was soon after I started at Sportsnet, early 2000s, I think. And uh, I happened to be in Toronto and covered that. And of course, you know, the first time I interviewed Wayne Gretzky. I mean, as a kid growing up in Edmonton, that was. You know, incredible. I mean, did you he, faint? Oh my goodness! Well, it's funny. Yeah, I, well, the first time I met him, and I did an interview. A real quick story: I was in Winnipeg, working in Winnipeg, doing what I do now, hosting mm -hmm. hockey, and he was playing for LA. And, and there was a knock on the studio door, and it, but the studio was more like a dressing room. It was right. big, and uh, I said, "Yeah, come in." And he pokes his head in. He goes, "Hi, hey, hi there." And I'm like, "Oh, hi there." And he's like, uh, "Do you mind if I come in here and take my stick? Can I can I sit over there?" And I'm thinking. Wayne, you can sit on my lap. I love you, buddy. Like, you can sit wherever you want, you know. And he's and at that time, Winnipeg was was not necessarily moving, but there was a lot There's of talk. rumors of going yeah. to Phoenix. So it was the 94-95 season, and uh, we, you know, I was didn't want to bother him, but he asked me a couple questions. You know, what's going on with Winnipeg? You know, so to me, again, that's that's twenty oh, 90, uh, over twenty years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and that was my first sort of brush with Wayne Gretzky, kind of, yeah. uh, in a professional standpoint. And then luckily, at many years after that, I got to interview him. So, yeah, I, I feel like, listen, this is like working in the, the toy store or the candy store, you know, being in sports. I love sports, always have, always will. And to work in it, you know, if you can't be an athlete and be the entertainer as part of hockey, football, soccer, whatever, baseball... Uh, covering it is uh, is a real good second best. Of course. My last question, Gene. Broadcasting changing in so many ways. It used to be you, you have actual tapes record on yeah. and digital. Jeez. And where do you think broadcasting is going to be in, I don't know, maybe 5, 10, or 15 years when I'm when I'm finally mature enough to be, yeah. you know, have some grays in my hair? Yeah, yeah, hair. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's part of getting old, too. Boy, I see some gray hair. Well, see, if you're a news anchor, getting gray hair makes you distinguish. In yeah. sports, it looks like you're just getting old. <laughs> I don't know, Avery, because I wouldn't, if you asked me this question five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to suggest half of what's happened in the in this past five years. I mean, I, I guess, you know, like I look at something, and I don't want to get too technical because I don't understand this very much, but we have now what's called a DeGero, and we literally put everything in there and send it right away through cell phone signals, and, you know, that's something that three years ago we never had. 
and and so I don't I don't know where we're going. It just seems like we're going. Uh, you know, I, some people would say oh, better, but unfortunately, part of technology is sometimes you need less people to do more work. You can get more done through automation, through technology, through all the things that are invented. So I, I you know, you hate to see people. Uh, lose jobs to a machine or to technology. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, making things better. And if you make things better, then people like that. So, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought we could do, like we used to go uh, to the, uh, well, when I was young, it was AGT building, the TELUS building. We used to have to hook up our our lines into what's called a boom box and send wow. everything and like you know you're a young guy like I, I can't imagine what someone who is 22 and five years from now if you explain they're gonna be like what I have a, yeah. just a, a bag full of old beta tapes resume stuff of mine that I've kept that I don't know what I'm gonna do with because you know times have passed I have to put it onto a, a USB stick or something exactly. you know so technology just keeps going and keeps changing but I would say for the most part uh, barring how it affects employment, it is for the better. I couldn't agree with you more, Gene. And before I let you go for the masses, what's your Twitter handle? At Gene Principe. That's it. That's it. No fancy underscores or this or that. Just at Gene Principe. It's been a blast having you on. You know, we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely, so thank you for coming Avery. to my house to tape this episode yeah. of your sports show. <laughs> no, no problem, Avery. Anytime. And good luck and continued success to you. Thanks, pal.